You're listening to Life of Revival Radio with Pastor Zachary Weber. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. You are such a good God. Hallelujah. Everything we have comes from you. And so, Lord, it's such a privilege to be able to give and to worship and to be in your presence this morning. Hallelujah. Father, as your word goes forth this morning, I pray that you'd bless it into the hearts of your people. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that it would not just be information to them, but, Lord, let it be revelation this morning unto their spirits. Lord, that your word would go forth, be planted in their heart, and produce fruit. 30, 60, even 100-fold. Father, I pray that just like the psalmist of old prayed, make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer, that I may speak your word. Not my word, not my opinion of your word, but your word spoke into the hearts of your people this morning. And it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. And amen. You may be seated. If you have your Bible, you can open up to the book of Mark. Chapter 16. It's like one of those chapters in my Bible where my Bible just kind of opens up to it. (laughs) Mark 16 and verse 15. And Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So it says, well, I'm not a preacher. Yeah, I mean, you actually do preach about something. Whether it's the new restaurant you found or the new car that you got. How many of you saw Edie's new car? She's going to be preaching about it, I'm sure. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. She's going to be preaching. Amen. Preaching, that word preach means to proclaim. So we all have something we can proclaim. Amen. It's it's just sharing. I want to tell you, go tell the world how he saves, how he heals, how he's delivered. Just tell the world what he did in your life. Tell people how he saved you. Someone says, well, my testimony is really not that great. You know, I used to struggle with that. Because I was saved at a young age, like six years old. And then I go to church, I'd hear other people's testimony, how they got saved, and I, and I got depressed because I thought, I don't have a testimony. You know what I mean? Like, these people would go out, they, they got into drugs, man, and then they, would, they, they started getting into gangs and shooting at people, and then they went to jail, and then, you know, all this stuff, crazy stuff happened. They should have died ten times, and then one day they got saved, and they saw Jesus, all this stuff. And I thought, man, I was just six years old on my couch, and my mother led me to the Lord in a prayer. I thought, what is that to tell anybody? You know what I mean? And I got depressed over it, because I knew I was called of God as a teenager. That messes with you. I don't have a testimony. But actually, you do have a testimony. If you were saved like that, I have a testimony of his keeping power. That he saved me and he kept me. He kept me through my teen years. He kept me through my 20s. I'm going to be 30 this year. Gosh. Amen. He kept me. He kept me. So you have a testimony. Someone says, well, it's not that great. Actually, it is great. It's supernatural. Some people miss the supernatural because they look for the spectacular. Amen. So tell people how you got saved. Amen. No, and the religious people say, oh, well, that's not that great. But you know what? Uh, The unsaved people, they'll love to hear about it. Amen. And how you love him and you serve him. You read the Bible. He he speaks to you. He speaks to you? Yeah, he speaks to me. You mean he provides for you? What do you mean by that? Let me tell you. Amen. Don't go out there trying to get accepted by the religious crowd. Amen. 
So tell people how he saved you. Go, go just preach about it. Go, go proclaim. Talk about Jesus. What is the gospel? Jesus saves. Jesus heals. Jesus delivers. He, set, he sets free. Can you say amen? amen? Tell the world. Tell the world he loves them. The world runs around. They think God's angry at them. That God's mad at them. He's just judging the world right now. There's going to come a time of judgment. But right now is not the time of judgment. Right now is the time of the good grace and favor of the Lord being extended towards mankind. If this is Noah's Ark, the gangplank's down. And God is saying, come into the Ark. It's the time of grace. It's not the time of judgment. It says in Peter, judgment begins right here in the church. In the house of God. If you want to look for God's judgment, it's going to be in the churches. Not the world. He's not out there killing heathens. <laughs> Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy men's life. I came to save them. Amen. Amen. You got people running out there with wet underwear just talking about God's vanity. They're going to burn in hell. God loves the world. When did that become controversial? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, when you love someone, you, you give. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible says he showed his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Tell the world he loves them. Tell the world... He died on the cross for their sin. The world is running around, and even in the church, people are running around with a guilty conscience. They think, you know, millions or thousands of people every year, they plunge themselves in rivers overseas to try to cleanse themselves from their sin. Who knows this? The Hindu people, they'll try to plunge themselves in a river to try to get cleansing for their sins. But there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. The world needs to know that there's forgiveness that's available to them. Can you say amen? amen. And don't go telling the world about something that you're not receiving yourself. You've got to receive that cleansing. And that forgiveness that God has for you. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Tell the world he loves them. Tell the world he died on the cross. His blood was shed. He didn't just die for them. He died as them. The Lord's already actually forgiven us. We just have to really receive the forgiveness for the forgiveness to work. He loves people. He loves people. Hallelujah. Tell the world that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Hell is a real place. You know, I'm, I'm starting to think now that we need to talk more in this church, and, and not, not to scare people, but to teach you that there is a real hell. And it's a place of great suffering. It's a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth where the Bible says the worm never dies. You don't want a single person to go there. <laughs> I said a couple weeks ago, if the church would be more urgent about the reality that people are going to hell as they are with COVID-19. If they would be that aggressive to go after the lost and the dying, that they don't want a single person to spend eternity in hell, we would see a great harvest of souls come in. 
People would lose the fear of man. You would run after people like you would see someone fall off a cliff. You would go and grab the person and do everything you could to just tell them that God loves them and he has a plan for their life. In a hundred years, the only thing that will matter is souls. In a hundred years, the only thing, nothing else will matter. Your house won't matter. Your car won't matter. I mean, I found this with being close to death many times that when you get close, nothing matters other than you think, I want to lead one more. That's it. The only thing that matters is souls. That's the only thing you can take with you is people. That's it. And so I want to be behind seeing the harvest come in in my time, my talent, my treasures, and my tongue. I want to tell others I want to use my abilities, my talents, to put into the gospel for the harvest. I want to use my treasure, my giving into the gospel, and my time. I want to see souls saved. We can all be a part together. If you go read the book of 3 John, uh, the author of, of 3 John said, in your giving, you're a part of this good work of the gospel. Did you know in your sowing and, and giving financially to evangelists and to the local church, You're going to get rewarded for the souls and the fruit that that ministry produces. It's not just keeping the lights on. Well, let me just pay a tithe to keep the church's lights on. You're a part of of a great thing. And you're going to get rewarded for it. Can you say amen? Amen. So tell the the world that there's a heaven to gain and the hell to shun. Now look at this. Just like if if hell, that reality of, of that that is a real place, that there are people there right now. Right now, right now, the man in the book of Acts who told Paul, almost you persuade me to be a Christian. Who knows that story of the man who said, almost you persuade me to be a Christian. You got to think that those words are ringing in his ears in hell. I was this close. I mean, I've read the, the stories of people who went there and, and the Lord brought them back and they said that as they approached, they could hear the screams. They could hear the torment. I'm not trying to scare anybody this morning, but I'm saying it is a real place. I don't want a single person to go there. Did you know God didn't create hell for man? He created it for the devil and demons. And God's not willing that any should perish. But I'll say this, just like hell should be a reality, heaven should be a reality. And when you know the glories of heaven and how wonderful it is and how awesome it is, the streets that are paved with gold, the, 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 uh, if you could just, uh, if heaven be, could become a reality to you, you would want every single person to go there. Amen. Do you see that? Amen. That eternity must be something that is like branded in your heart. And when that happens to you, the things of the earth start to grow strangely dim because your eyes begin to go on eternal things. Your eyes begin to go on this problem I'm having in a hundred years. Will it matter? No. Okay. I'm not going to sit and cry about it for a week. Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to go forward and do what you've called me to do and not get distracted by stupid, silly things. Are you with me? I know people are arguing with me in their head right now, but you know what? You just need to sit there Tell your head to shut up and listen to me. I'm speaking by the Spirit. Love you. Sitting there arguing with me in your head. 
When did you win a soul to the Lord? When was the last time you led someone to the Lord? You need to be leading people to the Lord. What, you know, you want to see people's fruit before they argue with you. <laughs> Amen. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Someone says, well, that's not in my character. It has nothing to do with your character. Trust me, I was a very shy person growing up. I wouldn't look you in the eyes. I'd look you in the feet. <laughs> and I didn't even like feet. Amen. <laughs> but I didn't like looking people in the eyes. I was very shy. I didn't have many friends growing up. I was homeschooled. I mean, just, I was just weird, you know? And uh, I mean, really. And uh, I knew the Lord had called me, but I didn't know how I would ever stand in front of people. I didn't know how to, I'd ever go online. I didn't know how. But then something happened to me one day. When, the, when God touched me, something happened, and something changed in my heart. You see, someone said, well, I could, ne- I, I don't, I could never see myself doing that. But God can see you doing that. Amen. 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 And just because you can't see yourself doing that right now doesn't mean that God's not going to come and do a work by his spirit and by his mighty hand in your heart. Well, I believe you're going to be doing a lot of things that you couldn't have saw yourself doing before. And I believe that when God's through with you, people won't even recognize you. I believe that when God's through with you, people are going to say, that can't be my, my spouse. That can't be my mother. That can't be my daughter. I, are you with me? Because the Bible says he takes us from glory unto glory. Did you know there's more to the Lord than what you're experiencing right now? What you're experiencing with God right now, there's actually another level to go to. I want to go to the next level. I've tasted how good he is. I want more, and I'm going to get more. Amen, because I'm going to press into him. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you with me? It says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast devils out. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. And it says in verse 20, and, the Lord, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word, with signs following, amen. Now, go in your Bible to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Acts is right after the book of John. What we just read in the book of Mark is what's called the Great Commission. It's not called the Great Suggestion. It should be... It should really be what every local church is, it should be their number one goal. Even as pastors, the Bible says, do the work of an evangelist. That's my job. Amen. But it's all of our job to go out and lead someone to Christ. Are you with me? Hallelujah. It says in Acts chapter 1, it says in verse 5, for John, verse five, for John now this is Jesus speaking. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And it says in verse 8, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. Power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. I'm going to read that one more time. But you shall receive power. Everyone say power. power. This word power in the Greek, if you look it up, is the word dunamis. Everyone say dunamis. That's a fun word. Dunamis. dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. It's explosive. It's like a sudden boom. 
When the power of God's on you, you might just be normal just like you are now. You're just sitting there. Then suddenly, boom, the power of God's made manifest. <laughs> One thing I know about the Lord is he likes to move in suddenlies. Amen. Hallelujah. Now that word dunamis is the same word when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus. She pressed in through the crowd. She didn't make her sickness known, but she knew that the healer was passing by. She heard of him, and she went and pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. And when she made contact with the hem of his garment, the Bible said virtue flowed out of him. That word virtue is the same word dunamis, power. And Jesus felt it leave him. He felt dunamis leave him. The Bible says he felt power go out of him into her, and he turned around and said, who touched my clothes? What a strange statement to make. You know, your clothes don't have nerve endings. Whoever jammed your coat in your car door? Did you go, ah! Maybe if it was an expensive coat. Maybe. Amen. I used to work at Bueller's. I would load people's groceries outside. You know, the, they have the drive-through thing there, and you'd load people's groceries. And uh, one time, I was loading this man's groceries. He had to been in his late 80s, and just an old man. Over, you know. And uh, I put his groceries in. I closed the trunk. I waved goodbye, and he's slowly pulling out. And I felt a tug, and I looked down, and my coat was stuck in his trunk. And he's pulling me down. He's pulling me. And people are beating, you know, the guy out there with me, he's beating on the trunk. That old man's not paying attention. And I'm being pulled. So I quickly, I unzip it, or, or no, it was already unzipped. I, I quickly slip it off, and it was the funniest thing. I wish I had a video. You saw the coat just dragging along, and he drove down the road. My friend chased him down to the stop sign and got my coat. But I thought, wouldn't it have been funny if he would have took my coat and he would have got home and <laughs> that have been funny. Saw the coat, like, oh no, I drug the Mueller's bag boy down the <laughs> Jesus said, Now you'll receive that power. You'll, you'll have that same power that was, that was on Jesus when the woman with the issue of blood touched him. He said, who touched my clothes? Seeing the multitude thronging him. And then Peter said, Master, you see the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched thee? Elizabethan version, King James. And when Jesus turned around to see who had done this, you know, Peter was basically like, Master, I think you've been in the sun too long. You're in a press. You're in a crowd. Thomas probably said, I doubt anybody touched him. <laughs> Judas probably said, Lord, you better check your wallet. But he felt power leave him. And when he turned to see who had done this, he saw the woman trembling. You know, you see that the power of God hits someone in the meeting and they're trembling, they're shaking, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her. And he said, daughter, what did he say? Your faith has made you whole. 
Did you know that your faith can make you whole? My faith is making me whole. I feel good walking around. Hallelujah. Unless Brian's going to put wheels in that thing. I don't want to sit on it again. Unless I can do a wheelie on it. Your faith can make you whole. Because Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you'll receive virtue. You'll receive power. You'll receive dunamis. Now, you'll carry that power. The Bible says that the same Holy Spirit who rose Christ from the grave lives on the inside of you, and he'll quicken you, and he'll make alive your mortal body. There's a quickening happening right now in your mortal body, whether you realize it or not. Stop going by the flesh. People sit there and they, they try to get from God in the realm of the flesh. What's the flesh? The five physical senses, what you feel, see, hear, taste, touch. And they think if they don't get it in the, in the five senses, then they didn't really get something. God gives it to you in the spirit, and then it manifests over. Everyone say, you shall, you shall. receive. Power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. But he didn't stop there. And he said, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. In Kashokton, we're in the uttermost parts of the earth. <laughs> and Jesus, the head of the church, said, you'll receive power and you'll be my witness. Now, did you get at the, at the end of Mark 16? He said the Lord worked, or the Bible says the Lord worked with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Amen. So as you go out this week and you are witnessing the people and as you're winning souls, you've got to understand that the power of God is with you. Yes. The power of God is with you. When you speak, something's going to come over people that's going to like arrest them. Where normally people would want to argue with you, suddenly they're going to listen to what you have to say because the Holy Spirit is going to go forth and convict them. Amen, because that's the power. That's the power. Amen. When you speak, hallelujah. You know, the anointing, the power of God's like voice activated. As you speak, he moves. Hallelujah. You'll receive power and you'll be my witnesses. How many of you guys know that there's power available to be a witness? Now, I want you to go in the book of Acts, to the book of Acts chapter 7. When you're there, just say amen. And this is where we're going to read, and then we'll end. We'll pray here. Hallelujah. Glory unto God. Is this helping anyone this morning? Hallelujah. Acts 7, and verse 22, and it says, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in word and deeds. And when he was a full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. So here you have Moses. He knew in his heart that the Lord had called him to deliver the children of Israel. So he goes down to visit them and he sees this, this Egyptian abusing God's people. But Moses went and he killed the Egyptian. 
You know, sometimes you can know the Lord's calling you to do something and then you go out and you try to, to accomplish what God's called you to do in the flesh. I hope none of you go out of this place and kill an Egyptian. <laughs> Are you with me? The devil hates what I'm preaching, and if he can, he'll try to get you to stop listening and stop paying attention. Because what I'm, talk, I'm talking about, the devil used to have. He doesn't have it no more. He walked among the fire of God. He don't have it no more. Hallelujah. So, who knows what I'm talking about? The Lord puts something in your heart, and you step out, and maybe in the eyes of man, it seems like a total failure. Or maybe you just went out and stepped out and fell flat on your face. I've done that more than once. Amen. I mean, it is so awkward. There are things that I've never told you. And normally I tell you everything. But there are times I've stepped out and fell flat on my face. Because why? I was trying to do it in my ability. I didn't yet learn that I need to trust in his ability. He's the one who does it through me. I'm not some Holy Ghost power ranger that can go out there and fight whatever. I can do nothing except from him. He in me. He's the one who does the work. You have to rely totally on his ability. Totally on his power. It's not your power. It's his power. It's not your healing anointing. It's his anointing. Are you with me? So uh, here's Moses. He went out. He killed an Egyptian. And it says in verse 25, it says, For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God by his hand would deliver them, but they didn't understand it. So the people that he was called to help, they were offended over. And they didn't understand that God sent that man to help them. Listen very carefully. The devil will always try to get you offended over the person that God sent to deliver or help you. Let me say it one more time. The devil will always try to get you offended over the person or the message that God wants to use to help you. We would love for you to join us at the River Church this morning at 10 a.m. For additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.therivercoshocton.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash therivercoshocton. Hey, this is Pastor Zachary Weber. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast this morning. I pray it blessed you in some way. Just before we go off the air, I have a very important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? You know, the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of those sins is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're a whosoever. So I want to pray this quick prayer over you. Father, bless every person listening with a long and a healthy life. Jesus, make yourself real to them and do a work in their heart. And if they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do so right now. Friend, as you're listening, 
If you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ today and receive the gift that God has for you, the free gift of salvation, I want you to pray this quick prayer with me with your heart and your lips out loud. Just say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me and set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe you've risen from the dead and you're coming back again for me. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Come into my heart right now. Now just declare this, say, I am saved. I'm forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Now, Father, I pray over every single person who prayed that prayer. Seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day let not one person be missing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to get a hold of us and let us know. You can go to theriverkashocton.com under the contact section. You can let us know that you prayed that prayer. It's so important that you tell people that you made a decision for Jesus today. It's also important to get involved in a local church. You can join us this morning at The River Church. Our service begins at 10 a.m. We're located at 51 Pine Street right here in Coshocton, Ohio. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, 8.30 a.m., right here on Life of Revival. God bless you.